And it drives one deep left field. Back goes Birdie onto the warning track. Looking up, and it's out of here! Grand Slam Marcana! Hey everyone, welcome back to the Shea Station podcast brought to you by Bear Burger. The Mets take two out of three at Lone Depot Park, maybe the worst stadium name of all 30. It's Monday, September 12th. We just had football Sunday. It's episode 98. Oh my God, two away from 100. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack, a.k.a. Jolly Olive. Joining me is Jerry Blevins, who didn't get to catch any of the football because he was <laughs> off being a good husband yesterday. Jerry, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah, yesterday was my wife's birthday, so <laughs> I went uh, all dark on everything, you know. I slipped off to the to the restroom and checked the socials to to make sure that the Mets were playing all right and that the Bengals and check my fantasy football. But uh, for the most part, you know, completely off the grid. So I was getting a lot of text messages with no context as to what they were for. I, I didn't respond. I mostly ignored kind of everything. Um, but what a day. What a day, man. I have, a, I have a lot of respect for that. It takes a lot of gumption, a lot of grit. But not only that, I went and watched Where the Crawdads Sing. Great movie. I liked it a lot, honestly. I did not like it a lot. Really? Why? I did not. Why were you not a fan? It, it was boring. Oh, my goodness. It was so sure. slow. I get it. Like, I I, I see where it's going. It, sure. To me, it was like a really bad The Notebook. And I love The Notebook. Okay. Interesting. It was just like a more boring version did you My like- wife said that the book was really like almost the marsh was almost a character, and then for the movie, like, are we going to get into this? But the movie, I mean, for me, we can off air the movie for sure. For me, the, it was like <laughs> like an afterthought. I, I I didn't mind it. I'm glad I watched it. Okay. It was worth seeing, I'll but I didn't. It. it wasn't like I'm never going to watch it again. Definitely had my grapes with it, but this is not a crawdads pod. This <laughs> is a Mets pod, and the Mets took care of business after falling out of first place after their first game. They bounce back. They win two in a row. The Braves lose two in a row, and just like that, a half game deficit turns into a game and a half lead for the Mets by the end of the weekend. We're going to talk about it all right after we tell you about our lovely friends over at Bear Burger, the burger joint not bogged down by labels. I wasn't able to get some Bear Burger this weekend because I was off eating some New York pizza. That's on me. I'm sorry, guys. I let you down a little bit, but there's something for everyone. Yes, even you, the listener. Yes, you specifically, uh, Richard. If your name is Richard, that probably freaked you out. If not, didn't really. My hit. middle name. <laughs> there you go. That's why I said it. Actually, I almost said Jerry, but that felt too easy. Uh, you can create your own favorite burger. We take burgers very seriously at Bear Burger, but our menu is filled with options for all. They got their lunch special for uh, 12 to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Didn't have it yesterday. Could have came in big handy for me, but that's okay. One dollar PBRs during their bar happy hour. Five dollar mules and martinis, and half off for bottles of wine. Available seven full hours every Monday through Friday from noon to 7 p.m. They are partnered with us through the playoff run. So you're going to be hearing plenty about them. And if you got a hankering or an empty stomach during the game, you got to hit them up. Click the if link. You have a hankering. A I hankering. like a hankering. You like hankering. It's a little bit it's of a, a that's a throwback. Yeah, I love it. Wasn't in the read. That's all me, baby. That's what you get with these <laughs> ad reads. Uh, click the link in our description to find yourself at the best happy hour tastiest burger joint and overall great spot at order.bearburger.com. Thank you to them for being our pals for the next. Thank two months. you, Bear Burger. Love it. I think we dive right in. We got a lot to get to today. I'm in. Let's do it. Let's we got a lot. So let's just get right into the recap. Let's do it. Jack, hit that funky music. 
The Mets go to Miami, the house of horrors of the past few years. They've been playing well there this year. Uh, but Gary Cohen hits us with the Gary curse, talking about how bad Garrett Cooper has been for the past month. He promptly greets David Peterson with a first inning two-run homer, and the Mets find themselves in an early hole again, two to nothing. Peterson and Cabrera both strike out three in the second inning. Edward Cabrera, we got a good look at him this game. He looks pretty electric, not going to lie. Uh, Tomas Nito doubles and scores on Nimmo's RBI single in the third. We're going to talk a lot about Mets catchers this episode too who all of a sudden are raking better than any team in the league uh, Lindor singles after that Nimmo RBI but uh, McNeil grounds into a double play to end the threat Nick Fortes who's been hitting really well against the Mets all year he singles and comes around on Miggy Rowe's double can't hit Miggy Rowe because he's a friend of the company it's a weird intersection for me not sure how to feel but three to one Marlins in the fourth David Peterson does get two outs in his fourth inning, but is pulled after a walk to Brian De La Cruz. The Mets had a fully rested bullpen, so Buck is aggressive in pulling David Peterson. I liked the move here. He was up to 78 pitches in the fourth. Uh, not a great outing for him. Didn't have control. Still got the strikeouts that he wanted, nearly eight Ks in four innings. Uh, but Tommy Hunter has to come in. He does strand both runners to end the fourth inning. Uh, Hunter is one strike shy of escaping in the next inning before Nick Fortes once again hits a double down the line for an RBI. And that's a 4-1 to one Marlins lead. But Pete Alonso, when we needed him most, comes through and breaks his dry spell with a huge two-run homer off Edward Cabrera in the sixth. So it's a 4-3 to three game. And then the Mets load up the bases with a pair of singles and a walk and only one out the following inning by Lindor against Stephen Okert. Hits right into a double play. It's a backbreaker. It ends the frame. The Mets don't get any runs there. Michael Givens continues his nice stretch of pitching. He was lowered in the bullpen rank, and I think it's working for him as a middle reliever. He gives us two more scoreless innings. He picks off John Birdie, which is nice for Mets fans because Birdie kills us all the time. And then Buck, after making a great bullpen move earlier in the game, I think makes kind of a peculiar one later on in the eighth inning. He uses Joely Rodriguez, has Edwin Diaz warming up, and Joely gives up the huge Charles. LeBlanc two-run homer to make it a 6-3 to three game. He uses Diaz after Diaz gets two outs, and the Mets go down 1-2-3 in the ninth, losing a crushing opener game. They get just three base runners in three and a third innings against the Miami bullpen. Miami goes just one for 12 with runners in scoring position. They leave eight men on base, but they win 6-3 to three thanks to some timely hits, and later on in the night, the Braves beat the Mariners and leapfrog the Mets for the first time since April 11th in the NL East. Ew. Ew. Ew, that Gross. was an ugly one. That was an ugly one, for sure. Yeah, there were some highlights, though. The the Pete Alonso home run felt good uh, in the moment. It was like a big spot for him. He's been kind of in a weird kind of, I don't want to say funk, but he's been in a weird little it's rhythm at the plate. It's he's been in funk. and out, hot, cold, really fast. Like in, or in game, in at bat, He's he looks lost, and then he looks locked in. Um so that home run felt good, but overall, just ew. And then with the Braves winning, uh, we lost the lead. Yeah. April 11th, is that what you said? April 11th. Yeah. Uh, Braves Twitter, I, I have I follow a lot of Braves Twitter. I've got a little bit of Braves following, so I got quite a bit of feedback on oh, that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were very happy. They were happy campers for sure. Uh, I want to gauge your thoughts on the eighth inning move for Joelia Rodriguez there. I just want to hear raw thoughts. I don't I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it at all. I don't think Joely should be pitching in any close games for a while. Yeah. He's he's bad. He's got he's now, you know, there's tiers, a tier-based system. 
he's below Givens. Givens is in that, like, I'm almost in the urn. You know, he Joely's cleanup duty for me. Yeah, I think I agree. And I think the Mets, you know, they figured out a way to cobble together this season without, like, a true left-handed threat in their bullpen. Uh, he comes in and he faces two right-handed batters. Right after the home run, he walks two in a row, including the bottom guys at the order. It was just a very ugly outing. Uh, and if you had Diaz up and ready, I know your your Buck said after the game he's waiting to use him for the ninth inning, hopefully to get a save or you know keep it going to extras. But you got to get there first. And with this Mets offense before games two and three, obviously uh, that was no guarantee. So I, I really think you, you play to keep the game close there, especially with Diaz not getting a ton of work these past two weeks. I'm not as upset about not bringing bringing Diaz in in the eighth, but I am, I don't think Joelle's the guy. Yeah, I think there is there's other options. If you have Diaz ready, I agree with you. Bring him in, um, because you don't know. Yeah. You never know. And he was so rested, he needed work anyway. Uh, but you know, easy to <clears throat> easy to look at it in hindsight. Yep. Um, but I still even if Diaz or even if uh, Joelle dominated that day i still think it's the wrong move so yeah, that's, even that's why i'm willing Otto to say Otto or lugo or just somebody else in the middle of relief core it's probably less of a talking point there so yep. let's yep. have their yeah. backs to the wall a little yeah bit. this was ugly so this is where we felt going into game two the mets the second place mets in the nl east and it was cookie carrasco taking the mound for the second time since coming off the il where he only went two and two-thirds in his last out and giving up five runs uh, wasn't pretty. Let's see if he could bounce back. And in the first, looked like the Mets were going to pounce uh, against Pablo Lopez. They get scattered three hits in the opening inning but fail to score. And that one hurt a little bit because in the bottom of the first with two outs, they get a single from Joey Wendell and an RBI double from the aforementioned Garrett Cooper, Mets killer. Uh, that brings us to the top of the third with the double. And then Jeff McNeil with an RBI single to even the score at one. Uh, in the fourth, Mark Canna walks like he walks. Vogie singles. Eduardo Escobar, the man of the hour, comes up with a huge RBI double to make it two to one. James McCann, the all of a sudden laser beam hitting, bloops one in for a single. Uh, he scores Vogie and makes it three to one. Nemo walks, Lindor singles to make it four to one, McNeil with the sack fly uh, to make it five to one. Uh, Naquin walks, and that seals the day for Pablo Lopez, who leaves with the bases loaded, and uh-oh, up steps Mark Canna, who deposits his first career Grand Slam in 101 career home runs to make it nine to one Mets, and it was a breezer from there. That Lindor homers in the top of the fifth to make it 10 to 1 and an absolute moonshot. Smooth swing, beautiful sight. Eduardo Escobar continues his hot streak, makes it 11 to 1 in the seventh. Cookie Carrasco scatters four hits in six innings, gives up only one run. That run in the first, zero walks, six strikeouts on 74 pitches. Looked sharp. That was the key for me. The Mets offense was the key. Escobar with three hits, Lindor with three hits, McNeil with two hits, McCann with two hits, Cano with a grand slam, Vogie with two hits. They break out of it. They take a tie for the NL East lead by getting up a half a game, and they were only in second place for a blink of an eye. Absolutely great recap there. Uh, the Mets 
get Pablo Lopez right when they needed him most. This is an absolutely insane stat. Pablo Lopez has a 3-1-5 ERA against any team not named the Mets this year. Really good. Top echelon of National League starters. Against the Mets, his ERA is 11.34. I just, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the grinded out at bats, but. I can't figure it out either. Like, my mind is blown because he's a great pitcher. Like, great great. pitcher. He's really good. Yeah. It's but very he, bizarre. he is not good against the Mets, they have, and it ruins his seasons. They not have ruins the because plan. obviously starting pitchers collectively, but man, it skews his numbers. He should just be like, uh, I'm not gonna pitch. I think today. I'm I'm injured that day actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and need to skip my spot in the rotation. My uh, I've got left <laughs> side fatigue. Yeah, I got stomach problems or something. Actually, <laughs> I'm just a little queasy. Oh, uh, Garrett gosh. Cooper but snapped out of his performance. Yeah, great performance all around by the offense. They erupt in that fourth inning, much needed. Canna uh, starts the rally and he ends it with that grand slam. Good for him. Canna uh, very quietly is slugging 420 this year. 126 OPS plus, having a great year. One of the best signings of the Mets offseason. And uh, on the other side of that, Eduardo Escobar really heating up in September. It's looking like this is finally going to be his month. It's very that's exciting. The, that's what I'm most excited about is seeing Escobar because he's been such a bright spot for the Mets personality-wise. Yes, hard to agree. Feel-wise, leadership-wise, smile-wise. His post-game interviews are spectacular. Uh, him and Alan, the, the Mets translator, are a fun duo. But yep. they don't do anything crazy, but seeing them day in, day out, it's pretty good. But Escobar, patient, hasn't been showing it, but he's been frustrated. Hasn't been he's been doing a great job of keeping that inside of himself. Uh, so it's so nice, and it makes the Mets so much better of an offense. We've talked about it before, but when Eduardo Escobar is himself, the Mets are another level of dangerous because it gives you another bopper at the back end. He was batting what eighth? Yep, just hitting mammos, uh, batting eighth. Uh, man, he just, he, he, he brings another dimension to the New York Mets. I like what you said about another dimension, because even in this down year that he's having, admittedly, he's still third on the team in home runs with 17 now. And that's just what the Mets need. They need pop to protect Pete Alonzo and Francisco Lindor. And it's finally coming through. I would not be shocked if we see him move up in the lineup soon. I don't think Buck wants to mess with the mojo. You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, but with Alonzo kind of going through proper, proper vernacular there. Yeah. You like that? If it isn't broken, do not fix it. It's very uh, articulate. That's not the saying though, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Isn't it? <laughs> there you go. I got to say ain't come on. You got to say eight. That's uh, the thing. Come on. I also wanted to sing, uh, some BC boys. Would you say <laughs> another dimension, another dimension, no sleep till Brooklyn. A little Shout bit. out to Queens. Yeah, there you go. Um, also big outing from cookie. He's been pitching good against the Marlins all year, but six innings, one Ernie is huge for him, especially after that huge. last outing. Looked good. Looked yeah. sharp. That was nice. Fastball looked really good. Had that zip that we've been looking for. Uh, so the Mets split the first two games. The Braves lose in Seattle in game two. So the Mets go right back in front after less than 24 hours of second place. Hope you and enjoyed that. You were very entertaining on Twitter Ooh. because you just kept, <laughs> you just kept, you know, um, uh, uh, quote tweeting and, and responding and like making sure that people knew that they were no longer in first place after the outpouring of the first place tweets. Talk shit, get hit, Jerry. Talk shit, get hit. <laughs> Talk shit, get shit back. <laughs> I like it, man. You're entertaining me, so that's good. I like to, you know, Twitter life and pod life. You know, I got to keep it professional here. You get trolled and you troll in return. Exactly. It's all part yeah. of the game. All part of the game. 
Yeah. What do they say about payback? Yeah, something sweet, right? Payback, as you would say, is a female dog. Oh, nice. What is That's a female how, dog? You again? know, if it isn't broke, it, if it isn't broken, <laughs> do not attempt to repair it. I, I didn't go that extreme. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right, so that takes us to a rubber match in Game 3. The Braves have their own rubber match in Seattle, but the Mets do not care because they're focused on winning their own games. It starts out rough, though. Get it? Because the Mets get two runners on with no one out, and Darren Ruff comes up with two outs later in the inning and strikes out to end the frame. He is 1 for 32 since August 18th. That is rough. Maybe don't put him in the five hole anymore. We'll see, though. McNeil in the three hole has been hitting really well, though. He singles and Nito draws a two-out walk, setting up a huge three-run homer for Brandon Nimmo that kicked off the scoring in this one, kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. McNeil comes through in the next inning as well. He singles home a run after Lindor's hit by a pitch, and Eddie draws a walk. So it's 4 nothing Mets early, and Tywin Walker against the team that he's pitched the best against all season long strikes out six through his first three scoreless innings. He looked sharp. The Mets load the bases in the fifth and get a run on Alonzo's RBI fielder's choice. And the Marlins do finally get to tie one later on with a Brian Anderson solo shot. So it's 5-1 to one game, but Tomas Nito, this was really his game at the bottom of the order. He doubles home two runs to hand the Mets a big 7-1 to one lead in the fifth. Nimmo uh, follows up with a walk and his first stolen base of the year. Nimmo's a fast guy, doesn't steal a lot of bases. He waits till September to swipe his first. We love that. Taiwan Walker absolutely dominates the fish in this outing, a much-needed bounce-back outing for him. He goes seven, gives up one and run, doesn't walk a batter, and strikes out 10 on 87 pitches. That is efficient. It's his first time pitching into the seventh uh, since July 10th against the Marlins again, and he strikes out 10 for just the second time this season. He did it against the Angels on June 12th before. Uh, Seth Lugo, who's been good forever, we always speak his praises on this pod. He does have a rare slip-up as Brian Anderson gets his second home run of the day. Good piece of hitting. Yeah, good piece of hitting, honestly. It wasn't a bad pitch by any means, uh, but it doesn't matter because the Mets gets get uh, gets those two runs back immediately. Eduardo Escobar gets another home run of his own in the ninth, and Tomas Nito breaks his 15-month homerless drought with a solo shot. He gets the silent treatment in the dugout. It is a hilarious clip if you haven't seen it yet. He is electric. Love him to death. Uh, Adovino yields a double play after a hit by pitch to end another dominant Mets win 9-3. The Mets go 4-14 for with runners in scoring position. They steal two bases and hit five extra base hits and three home runs. Quietly in the background, unfortunately for our guy, Mark Vientos goes 0 for 5 with two strikeouts and six left on base in his MLB debut. He'll be due for his first hit in our next series. But the Mets bounce back after that disappointing game one. They take two or three, and the Braves made that improbable 6-2 to two comeback only to get walked off on on two solo shots from the Mariners. That was beauty. That was beauty. Good recap. Sorry for interrupting. I was just ah, like, you got to you know, get it Lugo. in. Out of context, Lugo hit. That was a good piece of hitting by Brian Anderson. Who has a cannon, by the way. Mm. Very impressed with it. Are, uh, are they not playing him at third base anymore? Because I think he's a great outfielder, honestly. You think what? I think he's a pretty good outfielder with a cannon arm out there. He's got to learn. He's got to learn uh, to reach. <laughs> he needs to put his glove out. There was a few that he just like stopped and waited for the bounce. Uh, but yeah, man, this was a good win. Nito, I love Tomas Nito. Yeah, I mean, what a character. Very easy he's, to love. He's so funny. Uh, like the the way he interacts with, with his teammates and, and Twitter. And obviously uh, he knew how long it had been for that home run. <laughs> and he hits it out at, at the Marlins Park or Lone Depot. By the way, that's not the worst. I played at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum 
That really rolls off the tongue well. Yeah. Yep. And the Overstock.com Coliseum. And Overstock.com. And it's the O.co. That's Coliseum. what O.co stands for, huh? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, they, it wasn't that, and then it became that, and then it was that. Yeah. It'll just be the I Coliseum to me, honestly. Pretty gross. Yeah, pretty gross. There's also uh, American Family Field now, I think. That's Milwaukee. Used to be Miller Park. Way better. Anyway. Uh, Mark Vientos, welcome to the show, buddy. It's harder than you thought. Uh, yeah. The Mets savior. Everybody was calling for it. Congratulations. 0 for 5 with two punchies. Welcome to the bigs. <laughs> welcome to the show, kid. You look good, though, man. Happy for him. Congratulations on the call-up. Um, Taiwan, 10 punch. That was nice. He looked good. He looked confident. Yeah. Didn't use his splitter a lot either. This was a heavy four-seam fastball game for him, but it just worked. He was dotting. Yeah, he looked good. So, I mean, again, it, it was it was a good game. Great to see McNeil doing his thing. Uh, and then Taiwan. For me, that was that was the big thing was Taiwan Walker. Yeah. Um, seeing him come in and carve right after Cookie. Uh, they both looked good. So, uh, big, huge, huge Two out of three from the Marlins after dropping the first, falling out of first place. And they did it kind of in the best way because we haven't seen these no-doubt victories, and we got two back-to-back, so that was nice. Yeah, really, really nice to see. Uh, get some blowouts every once in a while. We finally get like a sleeper, a snoozer, where we can just be like, oh, good, and relax. Like I was I working like that Sunday haven't game. haven't been able to relax for Exactly, weeks. yes. I was working that Sunday game, but I was like, if I could just – watch red zone a little bit more and then they went up like seven to one i was like oh, oh this is great yes absolutely <laughs> uh yeah i mean this was this was huge because we're, we're this is a big david peterson believer pod uh peterson did not come through in game one and it was kind of up to the back end of the rotation taiwan and cookie to pick up the slack give us some good outings and give us a chance to win and that's exactly what they did uh they combined for 13 innings and two earned runs against the marlins uh, yeah, it was it was looking dire after that game one, but then uh, things just kind of swung in our favor, and suddenly the Mets have a, a game and a half lead for the first time in a week, which is very very comfortable despite the uh, the small number, <laughs> considering what it was. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it's gonna take you know a doubleheader or two days to for you know things to possibly change, so that's nice. You get a, a little bit of breathing room, um, but that was a good series, man. A, a good finally see the offense really wake up in consecutive um, nights. That was nice. Yeah, so both series on the road, the Mets drop the first game to a bad team, and then they win the next two in triumphant fashion. Yeah, uh, what, ha- what happened to our recaps where it was game one win, it's, game, the game two, two loss, is dead, game man. three win. It's just dead. Like, I it's mean, dead. It's that's now April through all, June. All, all game two W's for me. Yeah, I don't. I haven't checked the numbers, but you got to have a lot of game two wins in a row now, right? I, it I feel feels like, like a, a definitely a good chunk of them. It's it's a tale of two two halves for me. Yeah, you've won five of your last six game twos. Feels Look at good. that. You know, some winners win, and that's what we do. <laughs> so. <laughs> Winners win, baby. Winners win. <laughs> yeah, so um, a lot of reinforcement news as well as the Mets whittled down their magic number to eight games, which is great. They might clinch at home. They've I love, never done I that. love you, we, like the magic number. That's a thing. So yeah. quick, you know, that's how many victories you need to clinch a playoff spot or number of losses. The right. number becomes weird. But the fact that they're it's single digits and – 
it's you have one you you talk about a magic number super cool this is that time of year i'm very happy for it i have not talked about a mets magic number in six years uh, which is crazy and i mean this is a kind of a weird magic number because it's just for a playoff spot so it's also factoring in teams like the brewers and the phillies and all the wild card teams um but it's down to eight and the mets have a real shot to do it in city field for the first time they've never clinched a playoff spot at home in the city field era uh, which is very exciting. I think oh, the last time they clinched, cool. last time they clinched at Again, home was it 06. Won't be, it won't be that magical. It won't be a thing. Sure, because you're think. looking towards the division for sure. Yes, because yeah. the Mets won't care. It's about the division. Yeah, and so they, I mean, they might pop some champagne, but it, it's more for the fans, I think. Yeah, honestly. yeah, but they'll be like, yeah, we got work to do because the the Braves aren't going away. They're yep. still really good. They're still they they got a heartbreaker. They're playing great baseball still. Yeah. Um, but so are the Mariners that they ran into. Yeah, but, the Mariners uh, are special, man. That's a special team. Yeah. Don't want to run into them, that's for sure. Yeah. So do you want to do apples? Uh, before we do apples, I want to do a little roundup on our guys that are rehabbing right now. Because oh, we do have a lot. Yeah. A lot of guys are making some some pretty good momentum here, including Luis Guillorme, who we could potentially see tonight. That's, that's the word from Buck. Uh, he went four for 10 in three rehab games, played some shortstop for six innings, which is exciting. Uh, the Mets expect him back today or tomorrow. Same for Trevor May. He's looking good to return today, which is exciting. We think that it was probably a COVID thing. The Mets never really specified, uh, so that's most likely what we're looking at. Uh, Max Scherzer's first bullpen session went very well, according to Jer- uh, Jeremy Hefner, so he could face the minimum on the aisle. Joey Lucchese had another rehab outing for double A. Uh, the big one, though, is our friend Starling Marte, who Buck said it might be a stretch for Marte to come off immediately when he's IL eligible, uh, which is a little bit concerning because this was a hand thing that they originally downplayed. Then he waited uh, that retroactive time, went on the IL, and now we're not really sure when we're going to see him again. I think the problem is he can't grip baseball, which is not ideal for your right hand. Uh, so a little bit of ambiguity there, but the Mets get a lot of other guys coming back soon. Yeah, I mean, uh, Trevor May, big piece, Scherzer, obviously, and Guillaume, all exciting. Um, Guillaume, I feel like he's been gone I miss him. the whole year. I miss him. I miss <laughs> it's him weird. Dearly. He's been gone for a while, but it feels like forever. So, But I'm glad. Glad he's working his way back. What an important piece. Uh, he's able to, to give some of these guys a rest. Um, I'm interested to see who's going to probably be shipped out when he comes off. The Mets kind of have a little bit of a conundrum on their hands with that. Uh, for I imagine sure. Viento stays up. I don't think you call him up for one game and then send him down after one start, you right? You could. You give him a taste, say, you know, 0 for 5, suck on it, and then option him down. <laughs> I've seen Dude, meaner things happen. Uh, yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see what they do there because you still want to get that guy – ABs, but they're you're running out of positions and spots for him to continue to do that in a race. Um, Trevor May coming back, that's probably like Montez de Oca. I like assume Rice. so, and I, I think it might be Terrence Gore maybe for Luis Guillorme, which is tough because you know it's nice to have him on the roster. Could I be, I so. mean, I don't, I doubt they do this, but Marrero, Marrero, maybe I think it'd be Marrero. I think Terrence Gore is there for his speed, yeah, he's such a weapon. So I think he's there. I, I, it's either Marrero or Vientos for me. Yeah. So even though Mets fans are calling for the head of Darren Ruff after what's been a pretty rough month for sure, I, I, I keep saying rough when I'm talking. Well, about it's it's, it's because it is. Yeah, it's it's been a tough watch for sure. Yeah, it's been tough, and I like Darren as a person. Yeah, I, I got it. He's so nice, but this is this has been a, a tough stretch for him. Mets fans, understandably, are frustrated. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of compounded by. 
the loss of first place for the first time. Vogelback has been struggling yep. um, on top of everything else. So the guys that showed up right away uh, struggled. So, yeah. Yeah. Rough is a good word for it. There you go. Uh, and I think now we can do our Apple, but let me tell you who it's presented to us by, if that's cool with you, Jerry. Of course it's cool with Sweet. me. Who is this presented by? Well, as you can see from our Apple list, there are a ton of hitters on it. Eduardo Escobar, Francisco Lindor, Brandon Nimmo, all these names. You got to believe that they were using win reality before this Miami set to just straighten out their swing. Uh, the VR baseball training program available on MetaQuest 2 that gives players access to unlimited game speed reps no matter where or where they are. I meant uh, it says where or where on the read. I don't know why they trip me up on purpose. You can even use your own bat, which is exactly what the Mets did here. Uh, win reality is used by a majority of MLB teams, including MVP frontrunner Paul Goldschmidt. It's also used by hundreds of colleges around the nation. Batters love it. Coaches rave about it. Parents love what it has done for their players' enjoyment of baseball. Players report 43% more confidence at the plate when using Win Reality. It is a fantastic program that lets you use game speed pitching, uh, live time, anywhere you need it. Uh, it's something you can't really replicate with practice either. So train in here, improve your game out there. Head to, winre head to winreality.com slash Shea to sign up today. Thank you to them for sponsoring today's Apple of Our Eye. And Jerry, we got a long list of guys with fantastic performances in Miami. Ah, man, we do. It's... Incredible. We have Escobar just being absolutely uh, the man that we needed in the spots. Lindor gets hot again, um, looking fantastic as well. Alonso gets four knocks. Nemo four knocks. McNeil gets five. Canna with the first career Grand Slam. Nito went five for eight, gets Crazy. his first home run in 15 months. McCann had some knocks. Like, I'm going to single out someone because I want someone to win. But as a whole, I considered giving this to Eric Chavez. Interesting. Wow. I, I, I just, I want someone to earn it. So uh, I think, I think I'm going to give this one to Eduardo Escobar. So one of us had to. He, yes, I, I figured I'll get the, the obvious one out of the way and let you be a little bit more creative. He is the apple of my eye. Six for 13, four runs scored out of the eight position, a double, two home runs, three RBI, a walk. So he has been hot as all get out. Left side, right side, doesn't matter. Uh, you put up some things here. I'm going to read them off, okay? Yep. Since returning from his injury, that's he's played in only nine games. If So... He's got 51 plate appearances. He's hitting 413. His OPS is 1.234. So 1234. That's super cool. Five <laughs> homers in nine games, nine RBI. He's accumulated a 1.1 F4 in September. That is, he's a 1.1 after being one negative Crazy. the whole season. Yep. Uh, he's 14 for 30 with five extra base hits, three walks, and two Ks as a lefty. Biggest this, thing for me this month. That is huge because he was platooning with Beatty yep. because he couldn't hit left-handed. And now he's crushing the ball from both sides of the plate. He hits homers from the left, the right. He looks great. He's such a key for this uh, offense. So Eduardo Escobar, you are the apple of my eye. 
I know we, we talked about Nita before being extremely likable, but I don't think there's any guy on the Mets I was rooting for harder to turn a corner than Eduardo Escobar. And this September has just been an absolute revelation for him. Um, it makes me th- like maybe he might have been playing through injury for a long time and maybe he finally got the stint on the break that he needed because he looks great now. He looks like a completely different hitter at the plate. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't I think it's just baseball, man. Yeah. Could be. Sometimes sometimes it's hard. This is a game of law of averages. That's why that's why people that are into numbers love baseball so much because it's cumulative. You have so many at bats. You're going to go through rough stretches. His was just clumped together. It was tough. Yeah. And to see him kind of break out, I hope, you know, we're doing this. We're we're regressing to the mean. We're playing law of averages here and his his year's going to look like all of his other years leading up to this and we're going to be enjoying the very clumpy streakiness of this hot streak to kind of balance him out and he could carry this offense through September which is a very welcome sight uh, as you alluded to before plenty of great performances here uh, Cookie Carrasco strikes out six and six innings bounces back Tom Walker strikes out 10 and seven innings neither of them are going to get my apple but definitely had to give them some love they kept us in game two and three uh, Lindor looks great again, 5 for 13, 4 runs, a double, a homer, and 2 RBI. He gets his first 3-hit performance in a month. Alonzo gets a big home run with 3 RBI. Uh, Jeff McNeil has another 3-hit game. He's got 14 on the season after having just 3 in 2021, which just goes to show you how different he's been. He also stole a base, Jeff McNeil. Him and Nimmo stealing bases out of nowhere. Uh, and then Mark Hanna gets that big grand slam. He has matched his extra base hit total in the last 29 games compared to the first 90 games, 17 each there. Uh, it comes down to two guys for me. It comes down between Brandon Nimmo and uh, Tomas Nito. Uh, Nimmo absolutely stuffed the stat sheet. He goes four for 10, three runs, a homer, four RBI, five walks for Brandon Nimmo, and a stolen base. It's his first series of 2022 uh, with two multi-walk games, which is a, which was a regular thing these past few seasons. He gets on base five times via base on balls, but I am going to give it to Tomas Nito this time around. Upset alert. Upset I love alert it. for sure. I've been trying to give apples to guys that would not get them uh, in other scenarios or just have rare opportunities to get them, and Tomas Nito... Had a great series. He didn't play all three games, which is why it's kind of a little bit of an upset. But he goes five for eight, four runs, two doubles, a homer, three RBI, and a walk. And the Mets have been getting massive production from the bottom of their order, that eight and nine hole. Obviously, the five hole has been kind of a black hole for the past month. But getting that bottom of the order production and setting up the top of the lineup with great rallies has been so huge. Uh, Mets catchers including James McCann and uh, Tomas Nito, are batting 394 with a, a 1.098 OPS in September. That is the best in the major leagues of any team for the catching position in the month of September. Uh, Nito gets that monkey off his back, finally gets that first home run of the year. He had hit three home runs in May last year and then went quiet for the following, I think, what would it be, eight months of regular season baseball, uh, which is crazy. Uh, Nito, another one of these incredible, likable guys, uh, called two great games in this series as well. Um, he gets the apple of my eye, much deserved, and hopefully he continues that hot hitting and the Mets, uh, you know, can ride that out for the rest of the season. Shout out, Tomas Nito. Deserved, man. He raked. Yep. Raked. Three extra base hits, two big doubles, and that home run to dead center in the Lone Depot Park. Uh, <laughs> and he did. He called a great game, uh, two great games. 
it's nice to see a, a contribution. And you you said it when you talked about the bottom of the lineup, turning it over to the top of the lineup. This is what the Mets do when they're at their best from an offensive standpoint. It's the next man up mentality. And the key to that, this success that they've had in that series was Escobar in the catching position. And Nito had two of those three games just setting the table, pushing those guys across, creating havoc, getting on base, and allowing the top of the order to have opportunities to knock in runs. Yep, absolutely agree. And I mean, when the middle of the lineup is struggling like that, failing to protect our big boppers, it's really important that guys like Nito and Escobar and then Nimmo at the top heat up and are able to get runs on the board there. Uh, and that was the big story of this entire series, in my opinion. Uh, N- Nemo had a great series. It was tough to not give him the apple here, especially with those five walks, which I love. Uh, but Nito was definitely deserving, just because of the unexpected factor, I think, honestly. You don't expect to see him get five hits and three extra base hits in one series. So good for Nito. Also, that was beautiful. More well good deserved. News, more good news confirmed. Luis Guillorme has left Syracuse to join the Mets tonight. We could see him in the lineup. We could see him pinch hit, but he will be joining the New York Mets Thank God. It's been a while. Was long. that breaking news? That's breaking news on the pod right there. We're on I the love, pod. It. I love it. What's your, is it source? Uh, it's from Michael Mayer, who is a source I very much trust. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah, that's awesome. So Guillaume will be back But tonight. not live when they hear this. Yeah, that's true. Live for us. And uh, the Mets went 14-12 and 12 in his absence, so they could greatly use him back, even though, you know, winning record, but still, you feel that yeah, void yep. when he's not there. And again, he's, he's just a, a, a great piece of this team. Um, and he's been missed, so that's good. Absolutely. Uh, some more Mets notables. Uh, old friend, I wanted to shout this out because I love him. Wilmer Flores got a two-year extension with the Giants. Congrats, Wilmer. One of the best. Wilmer. One of the best. The Giants know what they've got in him. He yeah. fits that mold uh, very well. Signed a two-year deal. They loved him so much they re-upped, and he's got another two-year deal. Good job, buddy. Much deserved for him. Glad he's found a home in San Francisco. They're going to take care of him. Uh, and he's going to continue to rake because that's what Wilmer does. Uh, our friend, Kevin Parada, the Mets' top pick in the draft this year, hit his first professional home run yesterday, so good for Kevin. Uh, and a year ago today was the big Francisco Lindor three-homer game uh, in the Subway Series against the Yankees. I was there with my new friends at John Boy Media at the time. They have now become you know one-year friends, obviously, but that was a really cool experience. Uh, just you a know, significant day in Mets history as we continue to wind down uh, towards that playoff push that's going to be coming in just a few weeks now, just a little over a month, I guess. Kind of crazy. Just it is kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah, what a wild ride. But that was a cool game, the three-homer game. Shout-out to Kevin Parada for his big uh, home run. That feels good. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you want to take a look at our upcoming series? Uh, as soon as I tell you about Stadium Map Art, Jerry, this is a three-sponsor episode. Tell me all about episode. it. Tell me all about it. Shea Station's hot in the streets on this 98th episode. Get the perfect gift for anyone in your life with Stadium Map Art. They push laser engraving to the limit, creating detailed wooden 3D stadium coasters, maps, and magnets. There's over 150 stadiums to choose from and counting. Don't choose Lone Depot Park, guys. you got to get them something better than that. It's going to say Lone Depot Park. You don't want that in your living room. It is great for living rooms, fan caves, and sports bars. Every 
everywhere, looks great even when not in use, and is sure to be a conversation piece around any table with some sports fans. They've shipped out over 10,000 coasters so far, and each coaster is individually cut and engraved out of birch plywood at their studio in Toledo, Ohio, crafted by father and son team Dave and Zach Holt. So if you are the worst gift giver, find the perfect gift for the sports fan in your life. 3D stadium coasters, maps and magnets, handcrafted and laser engraved in the USA by Stadium Map Art. Find your team's stadium at stadiummapart.com and use SHEA15 as your code to get $15 off your next order of over $50. That's code SHEA15. And Jerry, tell me who is coming to town next. Ah, the next we're going to face the Chicago Cubbies. Uh, you're going to find some familiar names and some not-so-familiar names coming the way. This will be the comeback tour after the farewell tour for <laughs> Wilson Contreras. <laughs> uh, that was a, one of the funniest things of the year for me was, oh, yeah. like, the weird, like, I'm saying goodbye to everybody, all my teammates. This is my last home game as a Cub, and then he doesn't get traded, and now it's like. It's kind of awkward. Uh, I get why he I did already, it for sure. I already bequeathed all of my like <laughs> locker space to the next guy. So I, I get I get some slack for saying it, uh, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. But you can say bequeathed. What am I hearing <laughs> right now? What's going on? It's crazy. Well, there, there's the there's a what what would you say? In, in, I wouldn't in say bequeathed. <laughs> I don't know why. Do you know where that comes from? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, so like you know, I graduated high school in two thousand one. Congratulations. Uh, it was the, like, as a senior, I, Jerry, bequeath my my <laughs> locker to whoever it was that's coming my way. You got to chose who you gave your locker to? Oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, you yeah. say something weird. And that, for some reason, <laughs> those are the types of things that stick in my head. Um, but that's fair for One you. One day make fun inside of the that. brain of Jerry Blevins. What I'd give. What I'd give. Let's go. <laughs> Ah, so game one of this three-game set, it's Christopher Bassett, the Bassett Hound himself, who's 13-7 and seven, with a 3.24 ERA. He's going up against Javier Assad, who is 0-1 with a 2.93 ERA. No Mets hitters has faced Assad yet, who's pitched in just four games. Zach McKinstry, who you may know or may not know, is 1-for-6 with a homer against aforementioned Chris Bassett. Bassett has allowed just three earned runs in 13 innings this September, and he has a 2.77 ERA and 14 home starts in the friendly confines of City Field. Game two, my game. Jacob DeGrom once again pitches game two for your boy Jay Blev. He is 5-1 with a 1.66 ERA. I did state that right. You heard that right. That is what his numbers are. He's going up against Adrian Sampson, who's 1-5. But he has a 3.76 ERA. He's actually pretty good. This is a not a great uh, Chicago Cubs team and a rebuild. Mark Canna, 3 for 11 with two homers off Samson. Jan Gomes is 3 for 7 against Jacob DeGrom. Uh, Jacob DeGrom in his last three starts, three victories, no losses, 20 innings pitched, two earned runs, 26 strikeouts to three walks the guy is special adrian sampson beat the mets uh on july 17th he went five and a third gave up two earned runs three walks 1k very efficient in his pitching that is game two game three david peterson possibly who's lined up to make this uh start we don't know exactly who's gonna make it but this has kind of been peterson's Roll. Am I starting? When am I starting? We don't know. But right now, he's slated to go up against Drew Smiley, who's 6-8 and eight with a 3.57 ERA. 
Eduardo Escobar, the hot man himself, is 7 for 12 with four home runs against Smiley. That is pretty good. Uh, it's also a guy named James McCann, the hot bat himself, is 6 for 12 with two home runs against Smiley. That's a pretty good 8-9 punch if that's the lineup. Uh, the Mets knocked out Smiley in the fifth on an eventual 4-3 win on July 17th. Um, Peterson has had a rough September so far. He's got two games started, nine innings pitched, six earned runs. Does have 13 Ks to three walks, uh, but they have not confirmed Peterson's making this start, considering Trevor Williams to see if he gets some work. Uh, also, Tyler McGill possibly. Uh, we'll see. But right now, it's David Peterson going up against Drew Smiley. That is your three-game set. That is the Chicago Cubs. Nicely done, as always. Yeah, a lot to love here, especially those numbers against Drew Smiley for the red-hot Eduardo Escobar. He's got four career home runs and 12 at-bats against him. And James McCann, he's just been he's been just as hot, 6-for-12 with two home runs. Uh, the Mets should pounce on these guys. They took three or four earlier in the season. It was a very eventful three and four uh, there uh, because of the double play with J.D. Davis at first base. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff happened. That, that was a great play. I think right before the All-Star break, right? Yeah, yeah, it was Escobar. That was the not letdown series after the big series against the Braves. Right, right, yeah. Uh, so the Mets hopefully can get fat here. The Braves continue their West Coast trip. Tough time to have a West Coast trip, admittedly. Uh, they go to San Francisco. Uh, tonight is Spencer Strider versus Alex Cobb, and they will get Carlos Rodon in the finale there. Uh, so they play three at the Bay. And yeah, should be a pretty standard series for the Mets. The biggest thing for me is who's getting game three. Uh, the Mets are talking about T-Will possibly getting that start. Uh, I like the idea. Obviously, I'm a big Peterson guy as well, but if his struggles continue, you got to address it in some way. Um, I would like Peterson to get one more start to try and straighten things out. He's still getting whiffs with that slider, still striking out batters. It's just been a, a big command thing, maybe a confidence thing. Uh, but that remains to be seen. I uh, just wanted to take a look at their lineup, kind of some of the guys that you could be looking at. Christopher Morell is still there. He's mm-hmm. kind of come down to earth, but he's still he's still playing pretty good. He plays an exciting uh, brand of baseball. I think Contreras is on the IL, as is Nick Madrigal. Um, both of them have been playing pretty well. Madrigal, not so much. But Nico Horner, their shortstop, uh, is a really good player. Yep. Uh, wisdom Ian Happ of course was on that farewell tour that just never came to fruition <laughs> shout out to Ian Happ friend of the the company yep. uh, and your boy Seiya Suzuki uh, kind of coming into his own in his first year in the big leagues um, and then Fred Morey is coming over after being designated from the Cleveland Guardians has really found a home in Chicago he's played pretty well there uh, outside of that you got you know a lot of a lot of uh, trial and error kind of guys you know, Jan Gomes, David Bodie. Um, so this should be this should be another series win uh, in convincing fashion. Yeah, and you are facing a weaker Cubs team than when you played them last time. Uh, specifically, the bullpen. They got rid of David Robertson, Scott F. Ross, Michael Givens. So they're dealing with a much lighter uh, workload there uh, in the back of the pen. It's going to be guys like Rowan Wick and Brandon Hughes. Uh, Wade Miley's back, but he won't be starting in the series. He's been good for them. And we again. Roman. We won't. We won't see. Old oh no, we friend. saw Strumman last time. We did. Yeah, but yeah. old friend, he's not. He's not. We're not going to see him at City Field. We are not. So, what I, do you think that reception would have been like? I think nope, Strumman's probably question. glad. I think he's probably glad. That's all I'll say. That's. I think he's probably. <laughs> he doesn't <angry>. care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, the Braves will wrap up their West Coast trip, and then they got a set at home with the Phillies. So they don't really get to breathe too much as the Mets 
uh, play the Cubs and the Pirates this week at home as they look to continue whittling down that magic number. And Whittle, think, love it. That's a good. This is a good series that they just played. Uh, kind of looked like felt like a get right series for them yeah. offensively. Let's hope that momentum continues um, into this series. Yeah, big time momentum pod here. Big uh, mo pod. Big mo pod. As always, I think that's all we got, dude. That's it. No more ad reads for your boy. No, thank God. My, I'm tired over here. It's been a lot for oh, me. You're crushing it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. We will see you Thursday to tell you Thank about you Mets Cubs. In. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets, guys. Eight oh, games. look, shout out. This is a cool t-shirt. John Mar Media Boxing. Shop that John Mar Media. We have new shirts, too. More new shirts coming as well. 